Hello, and welcome to Code Conversations, a podcast series from ECNM Magazine that focuses on interpreting the National Electrical Code. I'm Ellen Parson, Editor-in-Chief of ECNM, and I'm sitting down today with NEC expert Les LeBlanc to discuss difficult-to-decipher concepts surrounding the 2020 NEC, all in 10 minutes or less. Code Conversations is one of the many new benefits available to our free members-only portal, available on our website, ecmweb.com, located under premium content. Most of you probably already know Russ. He's a master electrician, electrical instructor, trainer, certified electrical inspector, and longtime contributor and code consultant to ECNM Magazine, bringing you some of the most popular pieces of content, including what's wrong here, moving violations videos, and illustrated code catastrophes. For today's episode, we're going to discuss wall space when it comes to certain dwelling unit receptacle outlets and how different people may interpret the requirements in different ways. Russ, let's jump right into this issue and help our listeners understand how and why this can get so confusing. So during a recent conversation in an online code discussion group, an electrician asked you if switch-controlled receptacles in dwelling unit bedrooms need to be wired so only half of the duplex receptacle can be switched for the installation to comply with the requirements of SEC 210.522 and SEC 210.52A1. Let's dig into that a little further. I'm guessing this isn't a simple answer. No, it's not as straightforward as it may seem. It's a fairly common practice for electricians to install a duplex receptacle, but remove the connecting tab for the ungrounded conductor terminals, and then wire one receptacle with constant power while the other receptacle is controlled by a wall switch in order to provide at least one unswitched receptacle for any particular wall space. I respond to that by saying, well, section 210.522 only applies to switch receptacles installed in lieu of lighting outlets required for habitable rooms. So if the room has a lighting outlet installed in addition to receptacle outlets, all of the the receptacles can be switched. Apparently some of the members of that forum challenged that response. So how did you respond? Yeah, a lot of my comments were panned (laughs) By many members of the group who told me uh-huh. to reread the code, Russ, and you might want to reread it again. So, uh-huh. of course, I did. Uh, and in doing so, I confirmed that section 210.70A1, exception number one, states in other than kitchens and bathrooms, one or more receptacles controlled by a listed wall mount control device shall be permitted in lieu of lighting outlets. Then, after reading it again, I doubled down on my stance that switch receptacles installed in addition to lighting outlets are permitted. Why did you stand your ground on that particular point? The receptacles required by section 210.52 must be in addition to any receptacles controlled by a wall switch or other listed wall mount control device in accordance with section 210.70A1 exception number one. The key wording here in 210.52.2 states in accordance with 210.70A1 exception number one. So if section 210.52 didn't refer to section 210.70A1 exception one, and instead was simply worded controlled by a listed wall mount control device, my interpretation would be completely different. But as it stands now, every receptacle could be controlled by a switch provided these receptacles are not installed in lieu of lighting outlets. And lighting outlets are installed for the requirements of 210.70. I suppose I could even make the case that providing switch receptacles could be safer and even more energy efficient than not providing 
switch receptacles. Shutting off all the receptacles with a wall switch, for example, as you leave for vacation, would be a great way to make sure appliances like an iron, a coffee maker, televisions, computers, et cetera, et cetera, aren't left on and continuing to heat up and use power. This could reduce energy and possibly lower the risk of an appliance starting a fire. So maybe installing switch receptacles should even become a requirement. I remember some members of that code discussion group were so fired up about this that a few of them mentioned they plan on submitting a public input for 2026 to revise the wording in SEC 210.522 to clarify the intent of these rules. That's very true. A lot of people were really fired up about it. And I'm, honestly, I'm very much looking forward to reading those public input submissions. The deadline for 2023 submittals has passed, and I didn't see any public input or public comments submitted for 2023. So I guess we'll have to wait until 2026, unfortunately, to get to the bottom of this matter. Is the intent of the wording to exclude all switch-controlled receptacles as being the receptacles required by 210.52a, or is the intent only to exclude switch-controlled receptacles installed in lieu of lighting outlets? I think you know where I stand on this matter as far as at least the literal wording is concerned. But again, you may want to discuss this with your AHJ to get his or her interpretation as far as the intent goes. Right. That's definitely always a good idea, just to be sure. Well, it looks like we're about out of time. Thank you, Russ, for sharing your unique insights from the field and industry knowledge with us today. In closing, I'd also like to thank Senior Associate Editor Ellie Coggins for editing and putting these podcasts together, making this valuable information available to all of our readers and listeners. This podcast is produced by ECNM Magazine, part of the portfolio of Endeavor Business Media Publications. That's it for today's Code Conversation. Please let me know if you have any pressing NEC podcast topics you'd like to listen to in the future. And don't forget to check out the Members Only Portal on our website for more podcasts and other great content resources for electrical construction professionals. Thank you and have a great day.